This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. Hey everybody, welcome to Waterfall Wednesday edition of the Full Scale Outdoors podcast. I'm up in Saskatchewan and I got a guest host with me today. We got my co-worker Carter Clatt and also my roommate. How you doing Carter? Great. Great, I'm glad to be here. Yes, we are roommates. It's been it's been nice and snuggly. We have actually a pretty sweet place that we're living in. Like, uh, I have stayed in some shithole guide shacks, but um, Prairie Limits just bought us a new house. So like, um, it's all pretty clean. There's actually a nice shower here, which I appreciate. And uh, yeah, actually it's been pretty decent so far. Yeah, it's great. Compared to the other house, we, we, got, the, we got the banging deal. Oh, yeah, dude, the other house, I couldn't even take a shower in it, dude. Like, I'd have to bring all of my stuff over to the lodge, which has awesome showers, mm. and then mm -hmm. shower over there. But, um, dude, let's learn a little bit about you, because this is your first year um, working for Big, or not Big Kansas, I was, uh, but Prairie Limits. Yeah. So, a lot of people ask me, like, the most common thing I hear when it comes to, like, um, guiding and everything is, like, how do you get into guiding? So, personally, how did you get into your job being here with us at Prairie Limits Outfitters? So, yeah, this all happened kind of out of just pure luck from Josh Wright, who is all uh, one of our guides and co-workers. Um, so, way back when, this is like four years ago, Josh sends me a random message on Instagram. Never met him, never talked to him. He's like, hey, you should come hunt with me. I'm like, I don't know who you are, but I know <laughs> that you shoot birds, so let's do it. So I came out and hunted with Josh. and Knowing we, Josh now, like now that I know him well, 
That's very creepy. I know. So <laughs> creepy. Like, had no idea. What, literally, his message was, he's like, hey, you should come out and hunt with me. <laughs> I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? No idea. Um, so anyways, we, we stayed in contact. We're good buddies. I came out and hunted with him a couple times. And um, I guess that uh, one of the guys here didn't come back. From last season? Oh, yeah, Anthony Tony. Burnett. Yeah, Tony yeah. Burnett. Yeah. So um, they were asking the guys who, um, if they knew somebody that was interested, and it so happened that I was in a position that I could try it out, and I wanted to try it out. So Josh texted me, and he's like, hey, there's, a, there's an open spot here. Do you want to come guide up here in Canada with us? And I was like, dude, I'm in. This is what I've always wanted to do. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It just You're, fell into place. It is kind of a, a crazy dream job. Um, but I, I came from a different line of work, and you also are coming from a different line yeah. of work. You are a nurse. Yep. So are, is this something that uh, you're going to go back to nursing in the off-season, or are you full-time guide now? Hopefully not. Nursing sucks. Dude, you were telling us some stories yesterday, dude. Almost the whole fucking truck was puking, dude. Nursing, I was like, yeah. dude, guiding is going to be a little better, I think, yeah. for you, man. I are, mean, And what are you planning on doing after this? Are you going to go work for Ben in Kansas? Not in Kansas. So okay. I've got, I've got some, uh, some photo gigs here and there. Right. And a couple of guide trips back home for me. And then we start fishing trips in like uh, March and April. And Josh, the guy that introduced you to all of us here at prairie limits he also came from like a sales job doing yeah. something so a lot of us that are doing this work now like and i worked in an aluminum foundry for 17 years and one month but who's counting <laughs> um but yeah it's kind of interesting like how we all like didn't exactly start into this but kind of got into right. it like yeah me it was actually much later in life i didn't start doing it full-time full-time till i was 35 but yeah um you mentioned that you do photography what's your instagram carter just my first and last name carter underscore clat carter underscore clat and it's not like carter clat photography or anything no, no. all right no. so yeah you so you were up here this spring um just doing a test run with us mm -hmm. i think or just, yeah. just hanging out and yeah. seeing stuff before you actually right. arrived Before so you like know where the shop but, is or, yeah oh yeah. at that point you hadn't committed no no we had talked about it but um i wasn't i, I wasn't 100 percent sure on how the nursing gig was gonna go because you go to school for four years and get a degree in nursing and it's kind of it's kind of a lot to just say screw nursing and go do something else so i did i had to play around with that for a little bit but oh yeah 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 but, for sure yeah but that's not like you're not gonna forget your nursing right. stuff no, and i still have my license so i'll yeah. probably do some part-time stuff this winter i don't have a super busy winter schedule so i'll do some part-time stuff at the hospital but for the most part my fall is for me to shoot ducks and geese and photo gigs and photo gigs and take and, people fishing after that yeah, yeah. nice yep yeah. So. All right, well, good podcast. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm just kidding, dude. So you're from Montana, and I was going to ask you this, too. Um, Montana does not have an early Canada goose season. No. So here we are. We're about to shoot ducks and geese. Today is August 31st. Tomorrow is opening day. Opening day. So what, what experience do you have with early season? What did you guys do uh, living in Montana to go scratch that itch? Yeah, so I'm, I'm originally from South Dakota. Uh, so that we, makes sense. For... We used to go up to North Dakota. I've got a buddy that lives just outside of uh, Devil's Lake. Doesn't South Dakota have a resident-only August they season? They do. They didn't used to. Okay, so, so that's fairly recent. So we started, we started this North Dakota thing before South Dakota had the August goose take. Mm -hmm. So August 15th, we used to go up every year. We've, I think we did it for seven or eight years. It used to be... 
pretty fire. Oh my god, it was incredible. <laughs> yeah. It 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 worked. It their management program worked. Oh yeah, that's one thing I've I always mean, said. Like if their goal was to reduce the number of Canada geese there in the summer, oh mission accomplished. Like we used to go up and it like the first year we went up there, the first two years, our average feed was probably three to five hundred honkers. Jesus. Just piss loaded. The last probably two or three years, we're lucky to find a hundred. Oh for yeah. A hunt. Yeah. And, or lucky to find a cut field. Right. Or lucky to yep. like not have two or three other groups mm -hmm. like trying to hunt the exact same field. And then you're dealing with birds that are jumping roosts or not, not, like jumping, switching feeds all the time. Mm -hmm. Well, half of them can't even fly. They just walk up the bank right into the field. Yeah, exactly right. So, yeah, so we didn't, we decided not, well, part of it was I got this job, but we decided this year we're going to do a trip later on in the winter because it's the early season in August really is just not worth it for our time anymore right i still do think there's some good hunting to be had in north dakota yeah. in september except when the molts start pushing yeah. down yeah that's what we said too it's it's when the birds start migrating in and it picks up big and once time. You, once you get to september too like everybody who goes to august or who goes to north dakota for that august season is now just focused on hunting around home yeah so it eliminates like literally at least half the pressure right. Because tons of people. Ton, it eliminates tons of people. There's more fields cut. There's more birds there because the mm -hmm. molts have arrived. Um, and a lot of the waterfowl hunters... North Dakota... I, I feel like North Dakota doesn't have a, a strong population of like diehard waterfowl hunters. They have a lot of guys that do it, but then deer season starts... They yeah. all deer hunt. A lot of people who live in North Dakota might be like all around outdoors. All ar yes. Like, yep. And yeah. they focus on what is like the pertinent season. Yeah. Geese, so they come pheasants, in, deer, right. fishing. Yep. It's just whatever they can do outdoors. Not that they don't have some crazy good waterfowl hunters because they do. Yeah, absolutely. But it's not like Arkansas where everybody there is a duck hunter, you know? Yeah. And they, trying to duck hunt 60 days a yeah. year. Yeah. So it, um, now that we've scouted like three or four times, what's your impression? Don't like, don't say like any areas you've scouted, but like, what's your impression of the areas you've scouted? Like lots of birds. There's, uh, it's, it's dry. It, it is dry, really dry up here. It is dry. It's, which can be good for waterfowl hunting if you think yeah. about it, because it concentrates all the birds. It does. It does. You don't want it to be so dry that the birds aren't there, but you don't want it to be so wet that the yeah. birds are just everywhere. everywhere. There's 10 here, 15 there. And so right. On. Um, so far, I've, I've just been in pretty one kind of centralized area, um, and I've found three or four pretty nice combo feeds so right and it it seems like we've had new birds pushing in oh There's i was, yeah, was going to ask a you. couple of snow geese showing up yep. speckle bellies showing up so did you notice any lost puppy looking canada's flying around oh, this gosh, morning yeah i did too some little honky tonks yeah because last night was like the super blue moon or uh -huh. something like that which i don't think we have a full moon in the month of september i don't think i don't think so last night was that yeah. last night was a full moon it was a full moon last night August, the night of August 30th, and that and we had two in August, so I was kind of thinking like birds would probably be pushing yeah. down with this moon, and so when I was scouting around this morning, I was just paying attention to see if there's any like lost looking birds mm -hmm. or new arrivals, and obviously like when you see speckle bellies and snow geese, you're like, it's yeah, it's yeah, like and, the very and, beginning, and even if they aren't here now, like we're really far in northwestern Saskatchewan, like right kind of pretty close to where the agriculture starts. If they're not here now, they are going to be getting they're here. Coming. Yeah, they're yeah. coming. They're on their way. Like, we got a cold push coming next week. 
a drop in temperatures. I think the lows get to 40s. Yeah. And nice with the full moon. I don't even think we have a forecast in the 80s. Man, hunting up no. here. I said this last year about hunting up here. Um, I said, like, what we live and die for and, like, where I'm originally from, like, Minnesota area and Wisconsin, what we, we live and die on hunting molt migrators. Mm-hmm. It's been like that for, like, 10, 15 years. And, like, because chasing X fields up there can just be so frustrating for early season. Like, you're just chasing feeds of 30, you know, and sure. before the molts show up. So we just focus on hunting molt migrators. Well, every day up here for like the first 15 days is like a molt migration day. Mm. Every day there's like, <laughs> it's like the monopoly board or uh, the, the, just the game board, just the pieces just get shuffled up every day. I love that. So like you might be scouting in an area for like three days and not finding much. And then day four comes around and Ben will tell you to go to the same area. That's ha- That happened to me last year. Like yeah. where I'm like, dude, I'm not finding anything up there. He's like, just keep hammering it. And I'd and go up there again, there. and boom, I'd, I'd find something. Just because everything is just constantly changing. Mm-hmm. So what are, what are you most looking forward to getting into up here in Canada? Oh, gosh. What species, I mean? Man, I love shooting ducks. Ducks? I love ducks. I mean, they're not very hard to hunt, and they don't require a ton of skill, I would say, compared to, <laughs> <laughs> compared to the other three. And that's bird not species of birds that we hunt, dude, but that's not a bad thing. I love no. I love hunting geese, but I fucking love hunting yeah. pigeons. <laughs> I mean, but that's that's how I grew up. I grew up duck hunting small sloughs, mm-hmm. creeks, river systems, stuff like that for for mallards. So I've always loved shooting ducks, but geese are a lot more fun to call. Chunkers, sure. speckle bellies. Yep. Snow geese are fun just because of the the riot and when I mean when you get those spins going. Yeah. That's. We get, some good, we get some fall, good fall snow goose shoots yeah. here, too. Like, really good. Mm-hmm. And it's cool up here. You can use an electronic call for snow geese. The whole time. Yeah, in, yeah. in fall. So, yep. like, uh, we'll go out there. I like the way we did our trailers, too. Dude, what do you think? What's your first impression of, like, we did our equipment, getting my, our, all of our equipment ready yep. uh, yesterday. What, what did you think of that? You posted on the Instagram story. You also run the yes. social media. You should follow us, Prairie Limits Outfitters, on Instagram. We're going to be pumping out a ton of cool stuff this year, videos, pictures. It's the premier Canadian experience for waterfowl hunting. Right. What did you think about the equipment? Like, Dude, when I first saw the equipment we ran here, I was like, bro, this is insane. There's, there's not many, I mean, from, from what I've seen on social media, from other outfits, nobody else that I can think of off the top of my head has the quality of gear that we have. Right. Like everything we have is primo. It's premium. Nice stuff. It's clean. It's high quality. We keep it nice. Yep. It's, it's, and there is enough, there's like three groups of equipment, you know, like, geez. Yeah. We've got, we've got 10 dozen honkers, five dozen specs, five dozen snows. In in three trailers. Yeah, every trailer that every we're trailer. Yep. We've got God knows how many silhouettes. Right. And we have a whole trailer full socks. of socks. Socks. We've got a whole decoys. trailer full of snow goose decoys. ATVs. A frames, layout blinds. I mean, yeah. They have everything. It's insane, isn't it's, it? Yeah. It's like, all right, well, we're going hunting. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, there's not a situation that we're not prepared for exactly we got snow covers we got snow covers everything we didn't even need snow covers we got like bins and bins of snow covers dude (laughs) because we have so many so much equipment here and the blinds and everything and um and you got to experience miss tilly's bread for the first time dude that bread was 
dynamite, so, man. When I came up in the springtime, we had DJ. DJ Miss awesome Tilly wasn't here. here, and DJ was awesome. But and he doesn't he, make bread. He doesn't make bread. Right. But he's like, he's like, man, if you think I'm good, wait till Miss Tilly gets here. Right. Oh my gosh, that woman slapped me silly, dude. Miss Tilly is good, but and I'm not not Miss Tilly and D, the only thing that Miss Tilly does that DJ doesn't is that bread and, dude, well, the other desserts too. But DJ was slaying some desserts. Yeah. How long were you with us in the spring? A week. You were not. I was. You weren't here a week, dude. Yeah. It felt like you were just there I and know. gone. It was so quick. Like one day I was like, where's Carter? Like, yeah, he left like two days ago. I was yeah. like, he was only here for a weekend. Yeah. They're like, no, he's here for a week. Yeah. I was like, uh, are you I think sure? did we I don't even know if we hunted together up here. No, we didn't. We did in Kansas a couple of a couple of times. Yeah. When I came down there, but we we didn't hunt up here at all. Right. We did a, a hunt in Kansas where we were like setting up we got our ass kicked that day. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Those are pressured birds though. They were pressured they were birds. Tough. I think Dylan had hunted those birds. like a few days and we set up like on that hilltop yeah. and we hid in socks. In socks. We got out there at like noon to set up that mountain of socks. God damn yeah. it. Yeah, we got our butts kicked. So you're most looking forward to just smashing brown ducks up here, huh? Oh, God, I can't wait. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited. I, I really like taking photos, too. Yeah. And, and we've got some stuff worked out where I'll have just a couple of days of just shooting pictures. Good. And it's going to be... I mean, I I love taking pictures, especially of birds that are right over the decoys, balled up, doing yeah. doing it right. So, so you you run the um, Prairie Limits Outfitters social media page, but as far as social media goes for the rest of us guys, like we have what we do, what we're what is we call it like a social media blackout. Yeah, and uh, that's something I'm I'm pretty active on social media. That's not something I was really used to or familiar with last year when I first started working here. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of like. Still posting a little bit on social media here, and then I had to get a talking to. Like, mm. Ben was like, hey, motherfucker, blackout, <laughs> blackout means blackout. And I was yeah. like, whatever, dude. Like, yeah. doodle do. You know, I'm like, dude, it's just this or that. Like, ain't nobody gonna fuck with us. But honestly, after, um, after we did do the, the social media blackout for the whole season while we were up here, I mean, you still have all the pictures. You can post them. Right. Just not during right. the season. Like, what? just while we're hunting, we don't do shit. What do you think of that? I, you know, it, it makes sense. I've, I've said this a long time. Social media is the best and worst thing for waterfowl hunting. Right. It's created a huge connectivity between sure. people. Yeah. But it's also destroyed any sense of security and right like hidden gems like there's no more secrets because of social media there's less secrets very there's what's less. there is is the people that don't have social media have I, the secrets i have secrets <laughs> um, but it also i'm not posting any of my secrets on social media and it's right like, and it's um sometimes i do if i feel pretty confident that nobody can unlock that you know unlock the cheat yeah. code but like 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 you said um you can you are attracting people to what are you what are you really advertising when you post on social media right. yourself right your, your skills your achievement your skill the area you hunt the how method you set your decoys how you set your decoys like it can be kind of a double edged sword because also somebody that like uh you like Josh and you Josh yeah. probably saw you on social media and was yeah. like this guy hunts the way I like to hunt. Um, what's up? 
why don't you come spend a weekend with me, Carter? Right. Which is, I know, like, he probably sent a couple of emojis, <laughs> like a straw, like a weird, like just a strawberry, just to get you intrigued. And, uh, and then and next thing you know, you're bunking up with them, and then you're working with us yeah. and living here with me. Yeah. What a turn of events your nursing I, life took. Be- I know. All because of social media, uh, like social you said. Media. It's yeah. good and bad. It's good and bad. But I do kind of like that social media blackout. Now that I adjusted to it and stuff, like, you don't have to show that at, at a certain point it's like you know we kill ducks and geese yeah right i was talking to another guy too um who's actually um um cory nickham okay cory nickham works in saskatchewan for uh, mitch hughes okay and uh their operation is called i don't even know you know mm-hmm. why because they're not on fucking social media mm-hmm. and um like you look at an outfit like prairie limits prairie limits is kind of hard to get a booking at anyways like you kind of, if we're almost booked, like for I want to n- say we're like ninety five percent rebooked for next year for like twenty twenty four fall. Yeah. So like, okay, who are we advertising to? Right. To it, like when we put out all these pictures of just piles of dead birds or whatever, whatever, whatever. Anyways, to bring that back to like Corey Nickham working for Mitch Hughes and stuff, he's like, I was talking to him at uh, the Rochester show. And uh, I was like, who are you working for? Right? He's like, I, was like, I never see you like working up in Canada. He's like, Mitch has not posted this po- or has not posted on social media mm-hmm. since 2017. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Okay. I mean, if your books are full, there's, yeah, yeah, there's no point. There's no point. I, I wonder like how many like actual like guide services and grinders are out there that like just nobody knows about them. So like right. to people who are active on social media, if you're not on social media, you don't exist. Right. But like, why would a guide service want to exist on social media if their books are full for the next two or three years? Like, what are they posting pictures mm-hmm. for? And I, I think that's the, the thing that our, our boss is named Brian, yeah. Brian Kramer and, and Ben is our boss too, but Brian's more in charge of it. Um, and the, the idea that he wants to convey with the social media is uh, like we were talking about against the whole pile pictures like right. strategy like this is what we're doing this and is where, where we're at. we are it's he wants to show like the experience right and there's a way that you can do social media and that with the pictures that you post to show the other side of things because again like you said we kill birds yeah. everybody knows that we smash birds at prairie limits sure but the experience i mean most guides in Canada smash birds. Right. Because they're stupid, young, juvenile birds in Canada. If you're hunting with a reputable guide, if you're and, and you're doing research on going to Saskatchewan, you're probably... there's We're not the only motherfuckers who know how to no. kill ducks and geese in, in Saskatchewan. Like, if you do a little bit of research, you'll find pile picks, right? But it's like, yeah, I like what Brian's saying, too. Like, show the client experience. Like, um... Show Miss Tilly's cooking. Show the lodge. The lodge. Every, the camaraderie that we have. Yeah. Like everything that pool. we bring it in. Like the ex- it's it's about the experience is right. what elevates us above. Yeah. Other outfits. And I I kind of like the in, like the intensity of uh, our team that we have going on oh, too. Gosh. Like Ben is a very intense boss. Yeah. And um, Josh. Josh and Dylan. Really intense. They're they're all intense. Like the, the intensity is. Um, uh, there's like pressure on us, you know, like there's pressure for us to perform, which I kind of like, mm-hmm. it's not just like, ah, don't worry about it. We'll get them crack another beer. It's like, are you sure we're going to get them? Did you talk to that other landowner? Do you know if this is going right. to go right or wrong? Yeah. Are you, have you double checked the weather? Like everything 
we have guide meetings and it's just a, it's a um it's a rewarding group of guys to work with and especially because i mean i i would say the work ethic bears the fruit of our success you know I what i mean agree. yeah we work our butts off and that i think that's a lot of something that most people don't realize when they want to be a guide it's not you're not on social you're not on youtube where you're shooting a we're not shooting guns no, i don't shoot at all guiding waterfall no. guns anywhere and, and it's 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 not just fun and games like you get back to the lodge you know hang out and crack a couple of beers and you wake up and go shoot in the morning and right everybody's happy it's i mean we're working our butts off right three four a.m cutting grass hiding blinds setting everything up before the clients get there we don't shoot at all we pick it all up yep. go clean birds yep maybe get an afternoon nap in mm -hmm. and then either go hunt or scout i mean it's it's go, go, go the whole time. It's, yeah, it's like getting into a time machine. Like, yeah. I, and I, I was even joking around with some guys last year, too, who ended up not coming back this year. Like, <laughs> can you imagine doing this job if this just wasn't, like, the thing you were the most passionate about in your entire life? Like, imagine if this was just a job yeah. and you were making the money that you make and this is the hours that you work, Ooh. but it's not something you enjoy. Like, this, would, this job would be fucking horrible it would be, the, it would be miserable it. i couldn't do it like i don't do i guess it. i can't think of anything like i mean any normal job i don't know if i was a nurse let's just say and they paid me what i get paid here and i had the hours i do here now i would last about a half a day before yeah. i'd be like this is fucked it's, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah i mean the guys that the guys that do it and do it well have a love for waterfowl hunting right. and on top of it being a difficult job we have the additional pressure that yeah. Just the organization itself has as a culture. Mm -hmm. But uh, so uh, getting stepping away from Prairie Limits Outfitters, how old are you? 25. 25, what's the coolest place? Well, without going into secrets. Mm. And you can lie. Mm. You can lie. What's your favorite species and location that you've ever hunted? Ooh. New Zealand. You hunted New no, Zealand? I'm kidding. All right. I was about to say, well, this... This podcast just got another 30 <laughs> minutes longer. That's my bucket list destination. Bucket list next, is New Zealand. The next out of country place I want to hunt is New Zealand. New Zealand is, have you ever done it on any out of country besides Canada? No. Mexico's good. I heard Mexico's fun. It's good. It's really fun. I also want to go to Alaska. Alaska, I would like to do too because of the variety, I think. I want to shoot an emperor goose. I want to shoot an emperor too. I put in for that once. I didn't get it this year or did last you, year. Did you put in for it twice? I put in... This year and last year. This year and like last six, year. The six, you can buy six. I thought you could put buy ins. five put ins. Maybe it's five. five you gotta buy a small game and then five entries. Sure. Which I remember, like it cost that. me 90 bucks. Yeah. 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 And then, like, I was like, well, shit, what if I win this thing? Then what? Like, how am I gonna get money? <laughs> $10,000 down the hole like that. Yeah, exactly. Because if I win, I'm going. So you I have actually to go. You have, you have to go. To. What would you have done if you won this year? You got a job here. Well, yeah, but they don't start. I don't think they shoot them until like November, December. I did not know that. I think they're a later season thing. But I would kind of want to go up there too and like shoot cackling geese mm. and um, specks mm. or brants. Cackling geese, yeah. brants. Eiders. Just Harlequins. Me. You could get a Harley up there. Old That's squaw. the only place you can get a Harley now. Yeah. I, I, I've I, thought about this. We think the birds here are dumb. <laughs> yeah fuck i bet those birds in alaska are stupid as hell have you seen some of those uh like youtube videos of hunting in cold bay uh-uh 
This looks pretty. I mean, it doesn't look like it sucks. I mean, those like <laughs> inland. Those those birds don't even know what a decoy is. All right, what else have? Where have you been? That. Oh gosh, I've been to Idaho, Montana, South Dakota, North Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Iowa, Minnesota. Any coastlines? Oh, I went to Maryland. Maryland last year. Nice. This in uh, in January. What did you hunt in Maryland? Uh, we did see. I I shot a black duck, and I shot a black duck mallard hybrid. Mm-hmm. That was badass. And then we did some. We did a diver hunt in the Chesapeake Bay, and then we did layout boat hunting. You did layouts and shot the slam. So surf, white wing, and common scoter, and an old squaw. Dope one hunt. That must have been fun. It was awesome. Is it tough shooting out of those layout boats? Nah, I could see how it could be if the water was rough. And but our water was. It was barely, barely wavy. That'd be sick. So dude. it was. It's, they're not very comfortable to lay in. They don't look very comfortable. No. They look just like a floating plastic coffin with it, a ba- it like a backboard is. in it. And you're you like, have to like, like scrunch yourself down and wedge your like your feet are both wedged out. How big are them scoters in your hand? Like when you get them, the white wings. White wings are huge. Are they? Like they're bigger than a mallard. Yeah, that's they're cool. like almost a small goose. That's cool. Commons and surfs are, I'd say probably. Ju- like a maybe like a mallard size, I've, maybe a little smaller. I've kind of thought about running out to like. There's some guide services like in Wisconsin and yeah. Michigan that run like layout boat hunts. I'm like, shit, that's only like a five hour drive, man. Yeah. I should fucking go do that one day. I'm 36, like I'm gonna die soon. You it's know, fun, like dude. shit. <laughs> it's but I could, the guys out there that do it a lot say it's not. It it gets old really quick because there's really no skill involved. Like you just go throw it. You drive around till you find them. Throw out your decoys, and then you just lay there. So when you would when you would launch your boat, would you already know where you were going, or were you there, like, yeah, there's an it's area. It's pre-scouted, or kind, kind of. There's would so, you get out there like not in the dark then? No, in the light. You would go you launch, launch the boat, launch in, like sunrise, like at sunrise, yeah. or like legal shooting time, like thirty minutes before mm, sunrise. Sunrise. So yeah. you, it's something you don't even have to wake up super early for. No, heck, you could go out there at midday. So all these actually, all these that's ducks cool. <laughs> are, they're coming into the bay. I did I did not know that about sea duck hunting. Yeah, and they're feeding on like oyster shelves. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if usually the oysters like don't... Sh- when you say shelf, like a shelf under the water of yeah. like and it, like and covered o- in oysters. All right. So imagine like a ditch bank that's all oysters. Hmm. So the they don't move around. So the ducks always go to these so the, areas to the shelves. So once you find the area. You're you're pretty well set. So Dude, you just drive your boat until you find the ducks. I think old squaws can go down like or long tail ducks. I think they can yeah. go down a couple few hundred feet. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, there's one. Damn it! If you Google it, if anybody Google's it, like deepest duck ever caught. They caught a old squaw in a fishing net at like I don't know. Don't quote me. We're using my phone now to record this podcast, so I can't look it up. But it's like 296 feet. I, oh, I want to say like deep. That's insane. But also, dude, did you forget anything? Now that we've been here a few days, what did you forget? Because I forgot my podcast equipment. Mm. I honestly don't think I forgot anything. Not a goddamn thing. I brought a lot of stuff, though. You did. You had like four totes. I was kind yeah. of impressed by how much stuff I, you brought. I said, I said, I mean, if I'm coming up here for 60 days, I said I might as well just bring it. Because then if I need it, I have it. Mm-hmm. Actually, I didn't bring, I stole your, your ball hitch. 
Because I didn't oh, know that's Brian's. That, I didn't know that we needed a fi- uh, five sixteen. Yeah, yeah. I just had a two inch. So I forgot my podcast equipment. I forgot a Traverse zip tee, and I forgot a belt. I didn't. I didn't bring a belt for a my belt. fucking <laughs> pants. And so uh, thank God for Walmart. That's all we know. That's all I've been able to figure out so far. But like, dude, I got this fear whenever I'm driving up here. I'm like, dude, I know I forgot something. I know I forgot something. What is it? And then it hit me. I was like podcast equipment ah it's almost like a relief like yeah <laughs> now i know what i forgot and then it like slowly the next couple days i started figuring out things i more also forgot yeah like i'm a dumbass no i think i i think i've got do you have a I clicker oh i don't have a clicker ah you should have brought a clicker I should have brought a clicker especially on duck hunts mm. they had you know what i do though i'll t- do open up one at the store here the store i don't know about that I, i'll go into notes on my phone and then I'll just write down ducks, geese, and then like, um, like, because I've forgotten my clicker on hunts before. Yeah. Ducks, it'll, it'll say like five, then geese, like seven, you know, like, and then you can, mm. you, it'll, I'll just keep a tally of what we're at. Yeah. And then that's kind of interesting too, because I can look at it and see how many birds we got out of each flock, like okay. as the day goes on. So it'll be like three, four, six, seven, eight, nine. These guys are horrible shooters. <laughs> like, like uh, or like just, it's going up by ones and twos and the list gets like that long. I'm like, dude, look how many times I called the shot today just for us to get, you know, like 36 geese yeah, or right. something like that. I'm like, we had a really good hunt. You can see here that I called the shot 12 times and only a couple of these were mm-hmm. like singles, you know? It's, it's actually crazy when you hunt with your buddies that hunt all the time to like see how fast you shoot your birds compared to guys like clients that hunt once or twice a year yeah. and see how many more birds you actually need to shoot. It's your not limit. It's not just that either. There's so there's so many factors that goes into clients typically shooting poorly and I mm-hmm. have been a poor shooting client in my life. Oh gosh, yeah. Like cuz um it's not just that you are traveling a lot or you haven't shot your gun in a while and that can happen but most of our clients up here are using rental gu- rental guns so it's not so your it's own a, it's not your own gun you don't have a lay of the land like you're just like going to a field and getting mm-hmm. in an a-frame like when you scout a, a field yourself you can kind of just picture yourself hunting it the next mm-hmm. day like yeah the wind's coming from this way and we're gonna be set up right here and those birds are gonna land like this and then like everything like about being a client um is awesome number one but uh it it can throw you off of your shooting game a little bit especially if you've had some cocktails the night before i've noticed that too (laughs) like people who are feeling it a little hungover they really shoot bad but a good rule of thumb if you have clients that are shooting well is it's one bird per person per volley so if you got two six clients out there and six birds fall Mm -hmm. you are not your clients are not shooting poorly yeah if they're shooting 10 birds out of a flock they're shooting really good pretty good yeah and and that's like in an all things considered and obviously like also if you hunt with the same group of guys you'll notice them starting to shoot better every hunt right because now they guys are shooting their lanes yeah they're they're not double tapping birds and they're not and it's not uh Everything isn't a surprise, you know, yeah. like now they're even in just two and a half days of hunting You are starting to acclimate to the routine of it mm-hmm. and people start shooting better, but I don't know anything else We can chat. We've already been going a half hour No, that's been good. All right, dude. Sounds good. Well, thank you very much for being on our podcast and uh, Look forward to hunting with you and especially being roommates. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna have some fun. Thanks Carter